0: This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Pivotal Conversations, guys. Now, before we jump in, today officially marks day 104 in lockdown for myself. So I wanted to share with you the top three things that I've learned from uh, my time in lockdown. Okay, number one, Suits is still definitely... Definitely a way better show than Billions, hands down. We're not we're not arguing on this. This is not up for a debate. This is not up for debate. Sue Harvey Specter better than Billions every day of the week. Number two. This is more something that I've learned about myself. Um, probably been you know it's probably ar- arisen as a, a bit of a problem uh, through lockdown, but. I definitely have a veggie salad uh, addiction. It's uh, it's getting pretty bad now. Um, you know, my, my my partners had to, to confiscate my phone. Um, we've had to delete the Uber Eats app. We've had a had a call. You know, um, it, it's it's pretty rough times. And lastly, running the gauntlet and not wearing pants during Zoom meetings is not a good idea. Do not do this. Because sometimes you forget when you need a drink and you get up and it's, it's, not, it's not good. It's not good. But that's not, a, that's not what we're here for. That's, that's not need, not a, neither here nor there. Let's go. We're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about business. Let's go. Welcome to another podcast, guys. Um, on today's episode, uh, I don't actually interview anybody, but what I do uh, do is take a deep dive into leverage and the role it plays in business. Uh, the reason that we've chosen this theme is because um, it just seems to be a missing link. I think it's the one thing that always holds people back. I think you know, at any one point in time, we all reach a point in business where we can't seem to break through to that next level we can't seem to get past just working hard and putting in the hours um, and you know, always end up running ourselves down and becoming tired so when we talk about leverage leverage is the only thing that will continuously allows us to grow our business so instead of doing an interview today we do a bit of a deep dive on leverage and the role it plays in scaling your business. Uh, but before we dive into that um, and and get into the episode, there's just some housekeeping that I, I want to go over. Um, the first one is unfortunately we've had some issues with our Instagram page, which is the it's at Elite Vitality Mastery is the handle, um, and we've been forced to pivot uh, and and really make our way uh, into creating another account on Instagram. Um, We were just having some issues and we haven't had a response yet from Instagram. So we're just trying to pivot. Um, I just want to say a big shout out to every single person who's gone and followed our new page, but also who's helped us share it and, and spread the word. Um, obviously, this is a really frustrating circumstance. So, for us, it's um, you know it's another challenge in that that we we get to face, and and you know we're we're grateful for all the challenges we get to face because we know that there's the growth comes from this. Um, but we also realize you know um, to get back to the the uh, you know three and a half thousand followers that we had, it's going to be a, a, a long road. But to everyone who's helped us initially, we just want to say a big thank you. We're extremely grateful, um, and and really, um, we're really we're we really do. Love uh, and appreciate your support. Um, And housekeeping number two uh, we have our business offense course literally releasing in uh, six days' time uh, by the time this gets to you. Um, And I wanted to jump on here and just let you guys know that there we are officially have 10 spots remaining Um, so what we teach in the course is we bring together things like a really amazing course workbook which includes all of the tools that you you need to learn how to scale your business it includes uh, obviously an alumni we got some really high level people in this course um you know the, the alumni for this one we've capped it at 50 but it's going to be 50 people that are, are ready to scale but also you know some some bigger names in the industry have signed up which is you know it's extremely exciting for myself um but we also combine that with obviously um, some lessons in education, uh, which really deep dives on how you uh, can uh, scale your business and find leverage within your business. Um, and you know, and then obviously the the final thing that we do that's a little bit different to what everybody else does. We don't like to do quizzes or anything like that. We do a final project, and in that final project, you advise your own company um, based on the, the uh, you know the knowledge and the principles that you've learned on what they can apply, and you actually. Use the tools from the workbook to help um, figure out what that formula is for your business and then you can put that into a, a, pr- a presentation um, which acts as uh, an ad- uh, a basically uh, some advice for your company on what you should be doing over the next six months to find scale and leverage within your business. Uh, so that's really, really exciting. Um, as I said, the, the offense course that we teach is about all about leverage. It's all about scale um, and we deep dive and analyze some of the the best industry uh, some of the best businesses in our industry, and um, uh, basically work through the strategies that are working for them, um, and, and then we apply some futuristic technological thinking uh, to these strategies so that they apply for you over the next ten years. So that's really exciting, guys. Um, as I said, spots are going to fill up quick. Um, so don't miss out on that. Jump in. If you're sitting on the fence with it, I can almost guarantee you're going to get a huge ROI on it. Um, it's, it's very accessible and and um, um, we make it extremely easy for you guys to go through this and especially afford it. And the fact that it's in the business realm means that you're going to get a really good ROI um, on that investment. But I'm not going not gonna to blabber on about this too much. Um, So for those of you who want to check it out, um, head over to elitevitalitymastery.net and you'll be able to find the page there and um, all the info is there. So go check it out, guys, before spots run out. Now, we're going to deep dive into this. um, So just stick with us for just a second. Uh, Industry Insights is coming up next. Industry insights, guys. Industry insights. What is happening? Um, I think um, I really think that what we're seeing in the industry right now is, well, not necessarily the industry. I think what we're seeing in the world is the fact that we're, we're seeing a lot of countries such as Canada, the US, uh, the UK, they're all going back into lockdown. Um, their cases have spiked again. And, and obviously that's because they're heading into winter. I think that um, – we're, you know the fact that we're seeing these other countries around us I'm from Australia obviously but we're seeing other countries from around us go into winter we're seeing their their cases spike um, from you know to even worse than what it was in March or, or you know April so and we're seeing that that second wave in a sense of the coronavirus that's happening um, especially in those countries that are heading into winter us as Melbourneians we're still in lockdown Um you know, we're, we're officially on the 13th of October we had numbers that were better than Sydney's and yet we still find ourselves here in a stage four lockdown um, and I really don't know when we're going to get out. But yet Sydney um, have the ability to kind of do whatever they want um, you know there are some restrictions, but you know most businesses are open. Um, you know there's no restrictions on uh, how many people you can be around outside, and you know you're pretty much allowed to 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 kind of roam freely. Um, and I think for me, what this says is that you know I did some I did some research on the Spanish flu and and went back and had a look at that, and I've done that a few times since the coronavirus has um, been with us, uh, and. You know, that was around for two years. There was like three or four waves. Uh, and, you know, although they're not the same, I'm not saying they are, but what I am saying is that, you know, we have to expect that this is going to be around for a while. As business owners, as, as leaders, as, uh, as, as representatives of our family, um, we have to actually start to look at this and say, what is COVID normal? Right, we have to go. What is, what can we expect moving forward? And the reason is, is because this is not going anywhere. You know, to think that even you know us as Melbourneians, we're wanting so much just to get out of lockdown, but to think that you know, at, at any one of the countries in the world is just going to fall back into everyday life and that, you know, we're, we're simply sitting here, sitting on our hands, waiting for normality again. It's just not going to happen. We need to start thinking about COVID normal. We need to start thinking about what's going to be here, right? What, what, is, what does COVID normal look like? How long are we going to be going through this? The Spanish flu was around for two years. There was three waves, you know we need to expect that this is going to be around for a while and the reality is, is as a business owner you need to prepare for that uh, and you really need to prepare for that if you're waiting for normality you're already losing hands down if you're if you're sitting there at home as a business owner i don't care whether you're the business owner of apple i don't care if you're the business owner of jeff's fitness right jeff whoever you are you need to be th- pivoting right now because even if you're in a lockdown and you get out of a lockdown things are not just going to go back to normal. There's going to be other waves that come through, there's going to be restrictions on what you can do. The economy is going to be thrown up in the air. You know, there's so many variables here. The government, like, you know, the US is going through an election. How does that change things? You know, Australia, we're going to go through, you know, I know in Victoria, like, the, you know, we can't control, you know, we're, we're getting restrictions put on us and we can't do anything. And, you know, we're even, we're, as I said, we're in a better position than others, which shows that there's variance, you know, Sydney can do what they they're in a better position than us and we're in the pretty much the exact same position as we are right now. So there is going to be these the the variance there of so many different inputs that make and and will affect the your situation as a business owner. And it is just an absolute necessity that you are you are not waiting for things to go back to normal. Because the reality is is that this is gonna be around for a while and you need to pivot as a business owner. And I know that you've heard this word pivot, but this is a different context now. This is not you need a pivot because we're panicking. This is this is now going okay. This is going to be around for a while. And if you're sitting around waiting, you know, you're just losing. You know, there's companies out there and you know what, big props to you. There's gyms here in Melbourne. There's big companies such as JPS that have moved into gym equipment as a pivot to keep themselves busy, but also to keep their fucking business from going into a a meltdown and to to make sure that they're still making progress. And I just think like, that's what you got to do. No matter what industry you're in, you know, what can you do? Right now? What is the move that you need to make right now? What does COVID normal actually look like? What are the restrictions that are in place? Do your research and then think about how you can take your business and deliver something that is an asset to somebody over the next two years because COVID normal is important. COVID normal is what we're going to have to go through. And it's just, you know, it's going to be around. It's going to be around. And, and, Be ready, right, for for restrictions, for lockdowns to keep happening. Create a business model, no matter what it is, that is a you know, still is within your your brand your brand uh, branches in a sense you know you know you can have different levels of brand you can have brands can can move across different realms and think about what it is that you need to do right now no matter whether you're a PT a clinician a gym owner a, a clinic owner whether you're doing a meal preparation company whatever it is that you're doing be ready for this to be around and Make sure that your business model is anti fragile. It works both in and out of this. What's something, and how does this change? Because, again, guys, I just want to reiterate this point sitting around and waiting for normality is losing. I can guarantee you this. All right, stick with me, guys. Next up, we have uh, the interview, which is with myself, and we're going to take a deep dive into leverage uh, and scale in business. So we're going to talk a little bit about leverage now. Um, As I said, there's going to be no interview today, but what we are going to do is take a bit of a deep dive into leverage as a business concept and the role it plays in business growth and your progress in your career, but also your progress in business. Now, before we dive into it, I guess the importance of of leverage and uh, the way I want you to think about this is that most business owners, especially when you're in your infancy and you kind of you haven't really made a big breakthrough yet. You know, you might. You 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 haven't really gone to this place where you, hey, uh, you've either hired somebody, you've either. Um, you know, got a a big following in a sense or, you know, you've got a big media presence um, or you haven't got some type of product that's really made it, what ends up happening, right, is that you, you know, every single person that we know has a ceiling, right, so that, you know, every single business owner on the planet has their next ceiling and that ceiling is, you know, it's that potential in a sense and, you know, as a singular business owner, you know, whether you're working out of a gym as a clinician or a therapist, whether you're working out of a Gym as a PT, whether you're doing a little bit of online coaching, um, you know, whatever it is that you're doing in the industry, whether it could be, you know, some type of um, service that's outside of coaching or anything like that, but you're still in the fitness industry, every, you've got a ceiling on top of you right now. Now, the only way that you can literally um, overcome that ceiling is leverage. You need to get more output with a fixed amount of input. So, think about it this way: you've only ever got so many hours you can work. You've only ever got so much money you can spend, and that tells us that you know if you're investing that money or if you're investing that those hours, you know, as I said, they're fixed. They've got a ceiling. Now, the only way you can break through that ceiling is by. Uh, creating some type of leverage in your business um, and that leverage then allows you to get more output with the same amount of input that you previously had. So the way I want you to think about this is leverage is really Latin for scale, in a sense. So when we talk about scaling a business, we're going. We, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to uh, achieve leverage. We're going. These are the inputs that I'm going to put into my business. You know, my. This is the hours I'm working. This is the money I'm investing. This is the uh, quality assurance of the um, of the product. This is the. Um, the labor that we're, we've got that we're putting in, and then we've got our outputs, and our outputs really represent revenue. And or I almost think NPS, right? Like customer satisfaction. We're always trying to satisfy our customers. That's a type of output. But we're, you know, the main type of output that we're looking for here is revenue and and profit, in a sense. So we're going, okay. How can I? Uh, what I'm doing is I'm measuring my inputs against my outputs, and then that tells me how much leverage I'm creating in my business. So the way I want you to think about this is that the only there's only Really, true, uh, truly, four forms of leverage within your business, or that you can actually use to create leverage in your business. The first one is capital, right? So, capital is a bit of a weird one because, um, especially in our industry, you know, very rarely do people go out and raise money and take capital and then use that to, you know, on things such as labor, on things such as. Uh, you know, uh, leases and property and uh, building the actual company, and it's also one of the hardest ones to obtain, right? So think about it. For me to, uh, to for me to build capital in my business, I have to be seen as an expert, which means that that can sometimes take a long time. So capital is a form of leverage, but it's probably not one that suits our industry too well. You then got labor. Labor is another one that is kind of like okay. Basically, what I'm saying here is I'm saying. I want to. I want to bring people into my business, and they're going to perform um, work and and tasks and activities, uh, and. I'm going to pay them uh, X amount for their time, but I'm looking to get a greater return on investment for that time. So if I'm charging, you know, if, if I'm paying them thirty dollars for that hour, really what I want to be seeing here is I want to be saying maybe you know forty to fifty, potentially, you know um, sixty, 70, eighty return on that investment. And then by getting that return, that then creates greater amounts of leverage because what we're seeing is is that from the hours that I'm putting in as the business owner, our revenue, you know, hasn't changed, you know, so I still might be putting 40 hours a week in and that's what I was doing prior to these hires. But, you know, when I bring in that hire, what I'm seeing is I'm getting that greater return on investment um, and my revenue is going up. And then when the revenue goes up, that's when we see leverage start to occur and that's how we talk about scaling a business. Now, there's an art to this. It's not as easy as just hiring, right? Whereas, you know, you could potentially go bad. It potentially might not allow you to f- create leverage. Um So it's important to understand that, you know, although I'm going to give you a bit of an insight to this is that it's really not as easy as what I make it out to be. And and if it were, that means everybody would be doing it. So we've got capital, capital and then we've got labor. The next form is technology. So, uh, you know, there's we're in a we're in the the digital era. We're in a uh, an era where the technology is being accelerated, especially now because of COVID, faster than absolutely we could ever imagine. You know, um, anything that we thought was going to happen in ten years' time is now happening in five or even potentially two. Um, and and the reason is because there's a new set of problems. People are going to work. There's you know innovation is going to happen when we're in hardship. That's when humans are at their best. But technology can allow you know, especially when it's great. technology, technology, it can allow you to do things that you previously wouldn't have done. A, r- a little example of this is email automation. So previously, before we had CRMs and, and these t- uh, softwares, we had to email each of our individual clients individually. Could you sit there, uh, could you imagine you know in today's day and age having to sit there and type out the same email and send it to a list of say one to 2,000 people? Like just think about how crazy that would be, like just spending a whole day sitting there, typing out an email, sending it, typing out an email, sending it. It's just wild to think. But technology now says I can type this email once and then I can send it out to as many people as I can, right? And and it doesn't take me any more effort for the f- – to send out the email to the first person compared to the two thousandth person. So that's what we're looking at here with leverage. Now, how do we use technology? Just how I said just then. Okay, technology can allow us to get a greater amount of revenue from a fixed amount of input so maybe it's an education software that allows you to deliver a course maybe it's a software that allows you to deliver um, coaching to a larger amount of people right so if you're a one-man band as an online coach and there's a software that you use and that software allows you to deal with you know before you bought that software you had maybe you could maybe coach 20 people before the quality of your service dropped and you started to see diminishing returns but then what we see, right, with with software is it's, okay, well, now that goes to 40. Well, if that goes to 40 and, and you know, my, it's not costing me um, X amount per client, but rather a fixed amount um, on a weekly basis, but it's getting me a greater return, then that's how we can use technology as a form of labor. Uh, and then the last one is media. Media is a, the big one at the moment. I think that's the one everybody's having a crack at. Um, seems as though everybody's uh, obviously and then social media you know this is what it's built for it's addictive and and it's not the only form of media but you know media is another form of leverage you know in in two ways social media can we build a following that can then bring us you know greater amounts of revenue in and um, a form of marketing or can we actually use media as a product and then sell that product because when we use media as a product and then continue to sell that product you know it's the same as technology where it's it's almost got, you know, it's, 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 it's got a lot of uh, leverage in it, a lot of scale because of the zero marginal cost. When I do a video once and it's created, I don't have to create it again. Um, so, media is another form of leverage. So, now I want to dive into, I guess, why it's important. And if we think about it, what's the one thing that we consistently hear about the fitness industry, right? Like, we, we continuously hear this is that the people in the fitness industry are time poor, People in the industry, fitness industry are frustrated, right? Everybody's desperate for for something new. Everybody's desperate to get their business off the ground, and it just seems to be that in our industry, you know, um, you know, especially because I've talked about this before. But seventy percent of the, uh, especially here in Australia, seventy percent of the opportunities in the industry force you to become a business owner. So I don't, I have no doubt in my mind that there's people out there that potentially don't necessarily really want to have a business, but there's just not the opportunities out there, but they do want to be in the fitness industry. So then therefore they are, you know, they have to create their own business. And what this end up leading to is obviously we continuously see people that are time poor and people that are frustrated. Now, the way I want you to think about this is again, like I said before, leverage is the only way to achieve continuous business growth, right? That is sustainable and doesn't, Actually, drive uh, make us drive ourselves into the ground, right? And and uh, become you know uh, so frustrated and and actually lose the love for our service or our product that we actually got into the industry for that we actually created a business for. You know, I think you have to go through it. I really do. I think as a business owner, you have to go through those times where you're putting in all the work. It's you know ninety percent of the business's labor is you you know, 90% of the business's um, admin is you and, and you kind of do become this really time-poor person. Um, I think you do have to go through that. I think it's a really, you learn a lot of lessons going through that. But the way I want you to think about leverage is leverage is how you get out of that. Leverage is how you can, and and, and to be honest, like if you understand these principles of leverage, you can, you can move beyond this initially, right? Like you don't have to learn those lessons. Like, the true mark of a genius, right, is not somebody uh, is you know somebody who's smart learns um, from their mistakes. Somebody who's a genius learns from other people's mistakes, and I guess that's what we're trying to do with our courses. You know, we're trying to. Give you guys insights that don't, you know. I, I made a lot of big mistakes, um, a lot of fucking big mistakes, right? Um, that cost me a lot of time and money. And I think the thing that you know education does, and, and especially if you if you really tap into this stuff and and. Um, and you know become a genius you you can you can learn from people's mistakes and that's what education does that's what books are for courses all of these things but leverage is the only way that you can actually continuously grow your business without actually causing yourself harm and driving yourself into the ground and losing the love of it and and going through all of that and and the problem is is that a lot of people go through this right without actually having without they 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 go through this And they never know how to get out of it. You know, this is them for ten years. Like I've, I've literally seen people at gyms still working. They're doing the same thing over and over because they don't know what the next step is. It's that old truth, right? That what got you to where you are is not going to get you where to where you want to be. And if you are time poor, if you are frustrated, if you don't think what you're currently doing is going to allow you to live the life that you want long-term, then it's not sustainable. So, leverage is the only thing that actually allows business growth to be sustainable um, and actually enjoyable. Um, And it's something that, again, you just have to learn it at some point in your business to create sustainability. So, the next thing that I want to talk about and the next thing I want to go into with you guys is... Um, how it's actually achieved um, and this is important you know this is really really important and this is kind of a little bit of an insight into the business offense course like i'm not going to sit here and beat around the bush like i'll be honest like this is probably 10% of what you'll learn in the business offense course um, uh, minus all the tools minus the deep dives you know this is an overview in a sense but i wanted to bring this to to light for you guys because i just think it's so important i continuously have conversations with people who are struggling, who are time poor, who are frustrated, and they don't know what to do next. So this is, can just be a little bit of a draw card. This can be something that you can draw upon um, for yourself um, and and kind of can initiate whatever that next step is for you as a business owner. Um, but the reality is, is that how it's achieved is where the rubber hits the road. So there's a few pillars um, that we go through and that we teach. And the first one is operational efficiency. So this is talking about the operations in our business. A lot of what we talk about when we talk about inputs, right? So our inputs in the business. Now, what we're really trying to do with operational costs is we're trying to push them down, right? When we think about operations, you know, and think about scale, there's two sides. There's growth and then there's pushing our costs down, right? And that's what actually creates the scale in a sense. So think about it this way, if my revenue grows and then my expenses grow at a quicker rate than my revenue, eventually I'm actually losing scale, I'm losing leverage. But if I can push my expenses down to a point where they become really fixed, and then I can continuously and we can create a formula where we get this continuous revenue growth, what you actually see, right, is that that, the, the gap between my two hands is what creates scale. So, Operational efficiency is about pushing costs down. It's about really pushing costs down um, and getting the operations, the inner workings of our business to function super efficiently so then we can create some economies of scale so we can we can the the cost to produce whatever it is we're doing whether it's coaching whether it's a product whether it's some type of service the cost to produce that service is uh, goes down but the quality still goes up and we create perceived value and, and increase revenue so that's pillar one operational efficiency pillar two is marketing right so We all know marketing in a sense. Now, I'm not going to sit here and talk about organic, uh, sorry, um, paid marketing and Facebook ads and all of that stuff because it's not what I do. Um, We talk business strategy, right? Yes, paid marketing is a form of leverage but in all honesty, I just think that the power of both using some paid marketing but also some really good brand and marketing uh, and, and organic marketing and getting, you know, yourself to a level there where it's, it's it's that you can mold those two together is where you get the most output so i've got operational efficiency right which is pushing costs down we then got marketing which is the communication of our brand to the outside world when we're looking to gain brand exposure and we're looking to gain exposure for the business and really create clarity in the minds of our audience that we're the ones they want to purchase from And the way we do that is through media, right? Social media, um, PR, like advertising, all of these types of things is how we do that. So when we think about this, I want you to take your first two pillars, right? And really when I talk about marketing, marketing is literally about setting stretch goals with your media and deadlines. The best people on social media are the ones who set absolute stretch goals and take it seriously and look at it as a part of the job. And then they have... um, metrics to track how they're going and they keep an eye on that Um, and they have a media plan and they they work to deadlines and they stick to those deadlines. So then when we look at these two, we go operational efficiency and marketing put together, right? Think about that. So we're pushing costs down and then we're getting more exposure. But the thing that I want to reiterate to you is that strategy is the most important, but it's also the missing link. Strategy is what I think 10% of our industry does well. I honestly think that that's the biggest opportunity for everyone and that's the absolute missing link. Nobody understands the principles of strategy. Strategy is what gets you from A to B. Everybody can set goals. Fucking brilliant, right? But what gets you from, what, what, what allows you to go from A to B continuously, and amplify and and compound that effect, and really start to to. to um, Get yourself ahead of your competitors, which is really what business is about and strategy is about. It's about you know how can we differentiate from our competitors, but strategy is the missing link, right? This is the section that allows you to grow the actual business, right? This is the output section to business, right? But how is it achieved, right? And this is the thing I want you to focus on, and I want you to to remember this. Strategy is the missing link. It's it's what everybody's missing, um, and you can see this through there's only a few at the top of the industry that are doing this really well right but it's about creating a unique set of activities that differentiates you from your competitors right so it's about it's not about people a lot of the time and, and this is why strategy is the missing link right a lot of people just revert back to operational effects effectiveness they revert back to uh, getting their operations better um and you know um Uh, creating efficiency through their operations. But a lot of the time, that's not good enough. And that's why 80% of the market get 20% of the clients and 20% of the um, uh, industry experts get 80% of the market, right? Because the strategies they're using are differentiated. They're differentiated. Their brand's differentiated. Their strategies are differentiated. And that's what actually allows that to happen where the rest of people are focusing solely on operational efficiency and effectiveness that all they're doing is pushing costs down. So then what ends up happening is, is they actually have to start – they, they're competing on price they're not, not the, instead of competing on what they actually do in their business and how they're positioned um, so that's strategy in a nutshell it's about creating a unique set of activities that's differentiated from your competitors um, and that's the missing link you know I want you to think about this if you've got two chains right the thing that allows the chain to actually be effective and work and actually be strong is that you know is it, not it being split it's that link in the middle and that link in the middle think less Venn diagram and more more missing link when you put strategy and you integrate that with operational efficiency and marketing you create leverage and that is leverage 101 and that's what we teach in our offense course guys like we, we go pretty deep on this it's pretty um it's it's going to be such a great course as i said we've got a, a whole heap of um uh, really high-level people, like you know, gym owners, some really successful gym owners um, from uh, here in Australia, from overseas. Uh, so it is really one of those courses that, um, if, whether you are ready to scale or not, it's going to color your lens. And to have this information, and and especially because we tell you the winning strategies, and then we produce um, uh, tools that help you figure out what the winning formula is for your business. So. I didn't want to plug it too much, but you know I'm I'm amped up right now. I really get excited about this stuff, and that's an overview of business strategy. And it is only an overview. You've got to really, you've got to go a lot deeper than this. And there are eight winning strategies that. Um, there's going to be a magic formula in there for you that's going to allow you to compound your business's growth and and inevitably find leverage. Whew. the arena so as you guys know this is just a segment where uh, i give you some insights some some thoughts that uh, are going through my head uh, and some insight into personal development and uh, building character i I really think that this is an important part of business that just gets thrown under the wayside it seems though um, we put all emphasis on uh, you know knowledge and education and um, status but we 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 forget that there's a piece to the puzzle that is building character um and and personal development and and really getting in the arena vulnerability how do we how do we you know develop as a person along this journey that we're all on and i have had a diary given to me by holly sinclair um which it's a diary called questions for myself and um it's almost like a little journal and you know I was a little bit hesitant to jump into it I like to do my own journaling um and I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna really have a crack at this and I'm really glad that I did uh, because one day in um and I'm gonna continue to do this every day but one day in it's it's given me insight that I just didn't think I would have and I want to share that insight with you and the question was was you know when was the last time that I pushed my boundaries and when was the last time that I got outside of my comfort zone and what did I learn from this? And my initial answer was, um, okay, the last time I put myself out of my comfort zone was still on the walls. And although, yes, I did push extremely hard uh, and and go outside of my comfort zone, you know, I was um, twice a week I was – presenting to you know more people than I've ever presented to before Uh, I think you know we had 150 people in the course so they were broken up into two separate groups Um, so I was doing you know four lectures a week you know uh, two of which were compiled into two different days so a total of four and that pushed me to the edge you know that was that was really hard while running a business um, being able to do that you know my Mondays and my Thursdays were pretty pretty crazy and um, obviously, you know, presenting concepts that you know you develop yourself and you kind of work through, and then you know, uh, mastering those, and then being able to not get caught up in the moment and present those in a in a digestible fashion, uh, and is is you know, it's a challenge in itself. So I definitely did put myself out of my comfort zone, in a sense. Well, I, I wouldn't say I put myself out of my comfort zone. I push my I push my boundaries. Um, so. You know, it did really test me. But the the thing that you know, I, I the thing that I felt throughout COVID is that work has all of a sudden become my default mode. And the fact that works almost become my default mode, it 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 makes me a little nervous. And you know, I had to really think about this question for the fact that you know, I've really just defaulted back to work throughout this whole time, and. I, it made me think was 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 pushing my was it really getting myself outside of my comfort zone by doing that considering that it became my default mode you know my most comfortable mode throughout covid was when i was working and it's something that i wanted to continue to do it's something that i i really enjoyed doing but it's something i found easy to do and i just did it because there was nothing else to do but i think this brings up a really good lesson of that testing yourself or pushing the boundaries or getting uncomfortable only in areas of your life that you are comfortable with is not going to give you any breakthrough you're not going to to see huge personal development through this you know i look at this and i look at what i did through covid with my business and presenting these courses and yes i pushed my boundaries yes it was a great experience yes i got a lot out of it but I wasn't outside my comfort zone. I didn't get a, I'm not going to get breakthrough. And it made me realize that, you know, staying, pushing my boundaries within my comfort zone, which is my default mode, which is for me is business and work is not going to help me develop into the person that I want to develop into. I have to start challenging and pushing my boundaries through every walk's through all walks of life, through all elements of my life. I have to push my boundaries through relationships. I have to change my default mode. I have to be able to spend more time with family, which I find hard because I like to work and and most business owners would understand this. But making sure that you, you spend time pushing your boundaries and getting outside your comfort zone and doing things that challenge you outside of your default mode, outside of the place you feel the most comfortable in life, is where you get the most self-development, is where you get the most breakthrough. And for me, that's what I'm going to work on, you know, over the next, you know, three to six months. I'm going to start spending some time on working things that aren't my default mode, start spending time on things that... Um, at once, you know, that's what I was really good at, you know, going on, I went on a seven-day silent retreat and that was something that was so far outside of my comfort zone and it's also where I've seen the most development as a person, as an individual and I, I got that development in seven days uh, and and that's kind of talks to the fact that if when we put ourselves in vulnerable positions, that's when we get the most growth in life and I really think that doing and, as I said, pushing boundaries within our comfort zones or the, the areas of life that we're most comfortable in doesn't lead to the the development that um, putting ourselves in vulnerable positions outside of that, you know, maybe it is communication, maybe it is family, maybe it is your partner, maybe it is um, – you know, maybe maybe it's charity, maybe it's doing something for the world, you know, maybe it's going out and, and giving back, maybe it's volunteering, you know, maybe it is travel, maybe it is um, some self-development work on your inner world, you know, there's, there's so much there that you can do, maybe it is wealth management but I think challenging yourselves and pushing your boundaries in areas that you're not comfortable in is one of the keys to developing into the best possible person you can. So, that's what I'm going to do over the next six months. So I wanted to share that with you guys because I think there's uh, some really good insight in there and uh, as I said and as I'll say every week, if this helps one person, uh, that's the goal um, and, and that's what this segment is all about. Big thanks for joining in this episode, guys, um, and I'll see you next week. I just want to say a big thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the show. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, feel free to share, us, share the episode with your friends and family and... Feel free to leave us a review as well. Uh, you know, we all the support that we get for the for the show and especially now that we've revamped it, uh, we're trying to bring something that's got a little bit more value. It's definitely appreciated. And if you have a question uh, for strategy sessions next week, you want us to take a bit of a deep dive and help you work through some of the roadblocks in your business, or you just want some help creating some winning strategy, you can shoot me an email at kyle at elitevitalitycoaching.com. But I'll leave it there. Until next week, stay stay, stay safe, stay healthy, uh, and I'll see you on the other side.